Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we listen to an artist, group, talk about their music. This week we're talking about Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler. Very energetic, guys. Very indeed. Full of energy, I'm, full of life. I'm here. I'm ready to talk to you about music and stuff. Yeah. My name is Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I like that. I like that, too. We're going to work for next time. Uh, no, what we're going to do is we're actually going to take that that introduction and we're going to splice it into every single oh, episode. Oh, we're going to like pre-record our introductions? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll have guests on and I won't be here, but it'll still be me as the guest intro. It'll be great. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. All right. So, how did we feel about listening to Nick Cave in the Bad Seats? And I know that it was... It was difficult. Was, yes, it was difficult. It's almost like you've heard this before from me. <laughs> it was very difficult. It was okay. I don't think it was that difficult. You there were think parts so? of it that were very difficult. Some yeah. of it was easy, but... Because, I mean, it's not even that it was just the length of how much we had to listen to because again nick cave and the bad seeds have what 16 albums in total and we listened to almost all of them so we had a lot to sift through we had a lot to work through but the albums that we were listening to are not necessarily like it's not light it's not a light affair by any means i had never listened to nick cave before this i'd always been meaning to but it was just like daunting because there's so much of it there's so much uh, not what I expected. Well, what what did you expect and what did you get? I expected more folky, and I got yeah. depressing Leonard Cohen with a deep voice. Yeah, because yeah, it's mm, a baritone, on, if you will. Mm. Full on post punk, friend. Full on. Well, what? Not all of it is post punk, though. That's the interesting thing to me, and I want to get other people's takes on this. Is that there is such a, a sprawling sense of just, everything changes across albums. You very rarely see one side of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds again, other than the the root of their sound. What they're doing across albums seems to always be like kind of different from what they did on the last album. There's always a clear change. I did this time. This is probably one of the first times thus far where I listened to the playlist instead of listening to each individual album. Mm-hmm. And I could tell every time that it was a new album, I could tell. Yeah. Every time. There was no confusion of like, oh, or it wasn't really even like surprising as a, you know, sometimes you don't tell it's like the second track, you're like, this sounds different. But the first track was different every single time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you get, again, you kind of like, so Your Funeral, My Trial, The Tender Prey are kind of similar and I would say that The Good Son is kind of like a precursor to The Boatman's Call. But I think otherwise, almost every one of these albums was very, very distinct from each other. Other than the fact that it has, again, Nick Cave's voice, which is very distinctive. And you know it's a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds album because of his voice. And you have elements of blues. And you have elements of folk. And you have, obviously, elements of post-punk. So Goth rock. Goth rock, yes. There's he's the poster boy for goth rock, according to that thing I just read. Oh, I didn't know that's such a thing. I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting because I feel like it has more gothic elements than gothic sound. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah the that content is pretty goth inspired. Yeah, murders, murder, and death, and despair. That's just. Plain very depressing fun death religion love and violence the things he normally he has obsessions yeah well that's just enjoyable music right there it's because he's australian is, this is, is that what it comes from yes everything i know about him is just depressing like his music is depressing mm-hmm. his kid died that's really all I know about him, actually. But both of those things <laughs> That's are depressing. All you know wow. about Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Very good. Did they did they name that app after his side project? <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Grinder for all who were confused. Oh, I was trying to figure it out because I thought of Grindr. Tinder Prey, and I was like, 
That's oh, not a yeah, side project. That's his grinder man. <laughs> I think there's a yeah, lifetime movie it. called Tinder Prey. Is there? I'm pretty sure. Oh my god. Okay. I've been I've I've just been watching uh Christian Mingle the movie a bunch, so yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good movie. Um so I wanna get into a little bit of that I saw so, freaks me out when Christians mingle. The play, look on his um, face. <laughs> Is he mad? I'm sorry. <laughs> He's confused more. I think. I don't. I don't know why we're still talking about this. Is my thing. Play. Play the song "Cabin Fever." Why? Because <laughs> I wrote down a thing. Okay, okay. "Cabin Fever." Oh. It is. All right. Okay, that's cool. Now play the song Constipation Blues by Screaming Jay Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down this week. something wasn't Woo. that something okay, okay so since we're on the topic of from her to eternity yes did anybody like the sound that they got off of from her to eternity and did it kind of unsettle you for the rest of what you were going to be listening to i was into it yeah i was really into well of misery specifically i really liked the track saint huck yeah. yeah, I was about to bring that one up too. That is a really good one. I didn't like. I didn't like that a box for Black Paul was like ten minutes long. You wouldn't. You never like long songs. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty consistent, consistent part of you. Did you? Okay, I'm gonna skip a little bit ahead. Did you not like the Carney? There we go. It's on the next album. Yeah. yeah. On your funeral, my trial. Did you not like the Carney? Because it seemed like something you would have liked. Talking to you, Jared. It was hard to get into. I did like that album. I did like the song "Your Funeral, My Trial." Mm-hmm. The album was all right. I'll go ahead and say it. That's my favorite. Oh, really? Your funeral, my trial was your favorite. Mm. Yep. I did not expect that at all. That was my favorite. Wow. You have a hard on for love. Yes. That's and that's interesting because most don't consider that album to be one of his like essential albums. But, no, but I don't. Man, it was. I liked it. It's just good. What, I don't know. What about? I it? think I just had. I think I just felt. I I like the. Well, I think part of it came with when I listened from Her to Eternity, then I thought about the drones because I was like, this is familiar. And then when I listened to Your Funeral of My Trial, because I do listen to these in a way, and it's just a little bit more polished with some other little... I mean, it's obviously... It, it sounds like a circus record, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just like a little bit polished, slightly more polished sense of some of that stuff. Before he gets into like... I guess to me, this seemed like the last album where most of the songs didn't seem like songs like from her to eternity. When you listen to it, it just seems like kind of like the structure of the songs is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really, it, they're not really like songs. And then from basically from uh, your funeral, my trial on, they start to clean up and clean up and clean up. And for me, that was the last one where it's like the songs don't necessarily sound like song. I see that does and make I, sense. Cause they do, they do progressively get cleaner and more polished from beginning to end. Yeah, it's, they, it's start a to, constant they start progression. to start to adhere to a structure. Yeah, a little bit more. That makes sense. So. so that was like the more polished version of From Her to Eternity, but it still was kind of off the beaten path to a certain yeah, degree. Yeah, it was. I know. I re- and so I just really something about it. I just really enjoyed. That makes sense. And I, what how often happens with me when we listen to these albums? If I'm not as familiar, for instance, which I'm not as familiar with Nick Cave. Right. Which none of us are, which makes this a very interesting 
situation because right. usually we have at least one person who's like oh yeah i'm really into x group but like all yeah. of us are pretty unfamiliar with nick cave and the bad Seeds. right so i mean often what happens for me is i find one of the first couple of albums to be really interesting and then i just use that as a standard as i go along mm-hmm. and for me in this case none of the other albums that we i listen to beat that hmm. when i used it as a standard against them hmm. i wouldn't have expected that but i can respect it for sure Jer, what did you think about From Her to Eternity? I would see you not liking it as much. I didn't. It was hard to get into. It kind of set the tone for me not being super excited for Nick Cave. Mm. And then I went and listened to uh, the album that was my favorite album that we'll talk about later that I probably should talk about later. You want me to talk about now? If you want to mention which one's your favorite, I'm not opposed. I'm pretty sure my favorite was Let Love In. Um, and I, instead of, I kind of skipped around based on what I thought I would like more in terms of albums. So it was hard to listen to this one. So I got to let love in and then kind of went back and started from the, the beginning again. So, but I had listened to let love in, um, years ago. It was, I never really got into Nick cave prior to that, but my uncle had a, that album and I ripped it on my on my computer back in the day and I, I like that album and so that's kind of I that was the only thing I really knew from his discography was the stuff from that album yeah so I'll, I'll actually I'll really quickly kind of swoop over the other albums so Tender Prey is pretty considered like one of the essential albums I didn't love Tender Prey but it's a good album it follows the same pattern of the first two albums to a certain degree very post-punk and then you get into Good Son. Good Son the is best, like, hold on. Hmm? Before you go on to the next album, the best part about Tender Prey is hmm? the song The Mercy Seat because Johnny Cash covered that song. Yes, he did cover that song. So Good Son is like piano ballads, which was very, very odd shift. I yeah, f- that was a cool one, though. Yeah, it was. I liked, I liked The Good Son quite a bit, and it definitely primed me for what we were going to get on Boatman's Call, but we'll get to mm-hmm. Boatman's Call. And he was then, he mm-hmm. was dating uh, somebody from Brazil, I believe, at the time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he he was in a happier place, so the songs are lo- less somber and and sad and destructive and stuff because he wasn't writing about those things because he was actually happy at that point. That makes sense, actually. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know what country the person was that he was dating. I think it's Brazil or something along the lines of that. What was her name? Uh, I don't know. Did you do any research? Come on, man. <laughs> I did. I did some research. I just didn't remember everything. During which album are you? Uh, the Good Son yes, still? The Good Son. Yeah, look yeah. that up. I, I did. If you look at my searches, I had I searched all of the albums I listened to. They're all uh, pink or purple or whatever you do when you when you search a thing on Wikipedia. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at all of them. They're all pink and purple. And then it the was Brazil. Thing, was it Brazil? You nailed it. The change of mood was greatly inspired by him falling in love with journalist Vivian Carnero. Mm. And an apparently sultry spell in rehab. Ooh. Sounds pretty sultry. Sultry indeed. Yeah. No, hold on. I think it I think the word is salutary. <laughs> salutary. Uh, A salutary. That makes no, more sense. No. No. Anyways, so then you get into Henry's Dream, which I thought was way more like Southern bluesy. Like they've had blues elements on their albums, but this album like took a lot more of those blues elements. Did anybody did anybody get into Henry's Dream? I could see Tyler. I, I like that Dream. one. Yep. Okay. No, I, I did like that it. one. I like the opener. Yeah. Papa won't leave you, Henry. That's an interesting song. That's interesting. The cadence of that line in the chorus is really. I don't know. Follows a weird, a weird movement to me. It's pretty yeah. cool. I see. I like that. I'm getting to a point where I know which albums are going to work for who. <laughs> it's very weird. I don't. It I, was Henry's dream, but my nightmare. <laughs> Listen to it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. So now that I've covered some of those albums, I would like each one of my my friends here, mm-hmm. my compadres, to cover one Maybe of. The, don't call us friends. Call us co-hosts. Co-hosts. Thank you. We're not friends. We're not just co-hosts. All. I didn't buy you right. lunch for your birthday today. <laughs> I saw earlier this week, I'm going to give some breaking news on this show. 
Mr. Dax claims to be a manager of Record Roundtable on his Facebook page. Really? What? Yes. Just, that just it says I'm... manager, Dax or Studio, manager, Record Roundtable. Wow. I'm huh? literally the manager of the page on Record Roundtable. That's what that means. Oh. Mm. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what funny. my aunt thought. I, but it, when you read that, it looks like you're the manager of the that company or that podcast or whatever. I think well, he's I'm more of the assistant to the regional manager. Oh yeah. The non-editor Tyler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. No. Can we talk about Nick Cave and the bad seeds now? Yeah. Yes. Let's get back to it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> this is one, this is one situation where I'm eager <laughs> to sway from the, the nonsense conversation. Yeah. I that popped up all of a sudden. Okay. Jared. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why you got to do this all the time. Anyways. So I want my co-hosts, my co-hosts, oh. I want my co-hosts to go a little run through on these next three albums because it's very much considered Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds like like holy trinity of albums. And I think that Jared already mentioned that Let Love In was probably his favorite album, and I expected that. I expected Dax would like Murder Ballads the most, and I expected that Tyler would like The Boatman's Call the most. So... Take it away, Jared. You already said your bit, but just talk about what you liked about the music. Okay. I actually think I'm going to change my mind on my actual favorite. Mm-hmm. Looking at the track list, I think probably my favorite that I actually listened to was either Murder Ballad or No More Shall We Part. But I did my original first inkling of interest in Nick Cave was this album. And my favorite song from uh, his discography is on this album. So. I liked it. It's a good alternative rock album. It's not too doom and gloom, and it's not too like difficult to listen to, um, and it's not too strange. Which I mean, I do like strange music, but like his orig- like his first few albums were very strange, and then his later music is very like long, and like his voice is kind of difficult to listen to. But in this, it's kind of the sweet spot, and I like this album. And my favorite song from it is Nobody's Baby Now. Mm, okay, I thought that somebody was going to pick Red Right Hand. I've searched the holy books i tried to unravel the mystery of Jesus Christ the Savior I read the poets and the analysts Search through the books on human behavior Cool. That was a good choice, Jared. Yeah. That was a good song. Yes. I like that song. That was a good song. I like that song. It was really good. Great. <laughs> I did. Ac- right. I did actually expect you to pick Red Right Hand because I know right old one, old Jared nice. loves the hit. But but I will say I think the song I enjoyed listening to the most out of this entire week because I went back to it like two or three times is on the album Murder Ballads. It is the last track, mm. and it is yeah. Death Is Not the End. It's the awesome. Bob Dylan cover. Oh, that makes yeah, sense that you would really like Bob that. Dylan, and it features four different people along with him, along with Nick Cave. It, it features somebody named Anita Lane, PJ Harvey, who was also on the album, Kylie Minogue, who was on the album as well, and Shane McGowan, the lead singer of the Pogues. That's the Pogues. Pretty good. That's a packed. That's a packed song right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Pogues are quite good. The only thing that was missing from it was a, a feature by Bob Dylan. If he would have been on there, that's true. That would have been the best. Oh, that's you didn't like. Uh, you weren't in digging O'Malley's bar, Jared. That's a very long one too. <laughs> that's a very long one. It's only fifteen minutes long. Whatever. It rem- that song reminded me of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" a little bit. I could see that. Are we okay? Are you done with "Let Love In"? Yeah, I'm done with it. Dax, go ahead and talk about "Murder Ballads" since we're on it. All right, so "Murder Ballads." Uh, interesting some of them are traditional songs uh some of them are, are originals but all in the mor- murder ballad uh theme just it can we hear staggerly of course we can hear you got to hear staggerly mr staggerly i'll 
stay here Billy Dilly comes until time comes to pass And furthermore, I'll fuck Billy Dilly And his motherfucking ass Said Staggerly I'm a bad motherfucker, don't you know And I'll crawl over 50 good pussies Just to get to one fat boy's asshole Said Staggerly Just then Billy Dilly rolls in He says you must be A man motherfucker called Staggerly I'm Staggerly Man, what a! I didn't. I did not expect that. No, when it's, I played this, it's a. I listened. To, I incorporate. Listening, I listened to that song at work, and I was like, I. Am I allowed to listen to this at work? Many, yeah, I'm like, how many people can hear this right? It's uh, it's real. It's cruel stuff. That's a traditional yeah. traditional song. Mm-hmm. Nothing like the the original. I, I feel like it's based off some dude named Lee. What's his name? Lee Shelton. Mm. Yeah. So, so this album, you got PJ Harvey and Kylie Minogue. Weird. I love especially P- Ky- Kylie Minogue. I love PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey makes sense. Yes, PJ Harvey does make sense. Kylie Minogue, though, worth mentioning that they were doing the dirty at this time. You know Not why? Kylie you know Minogue. why he asked her to be on that album? Because mm. uh, he couldn't get her out of her head. <sighs> I just can't get you out of my head. Nick Cave, all I ever think about. Go home, Jared. <laughs> I don't have a home yet. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't have a home yet. Was your favorite song Stagger Lee? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Curse of Millhaven was good, too. Mm-hmm. Actually, on The Curse of Millhaven, the, uh, the choir is listed as the Moron Tabernacle Choir. The Moron Tabernacle Choir? That makes choir. me pretty happy. That's an interesting name right there. I'm, in, I'm real into Mormons, so that helps. Uh, yeah. I think that might be my favorite. That's all I got to say. Okay. I was going to talk about the Bob Dylan thing, too, but Jared stole my thunder. That's okay. Glad we can, glad we can work together. So, Tyler, would you like to take the boatman's call? Oh, okay. You know, I guess I'll do it. That was a pretty sweet album. I would say out of the top three, Caleb, you're, you know, those three trilogy albums, you got me on that one. It's definitely the one that I, I liked. Uh, i tell you what, I probably liked Murder Ballad second on those three and Let Love In third. I think uh, I agree. But I go Boatman's between murder, murder Ballads and Boatman's Call quite a bit. Oh, hold on. Yeah, Can I say one more thing about Murder Ballads? Oh, my God. Nick Cave did it on purpose with Kylie Minogue. He wanted that to be the single, and he wanted people to hear it and go buy murder ballads and be like, "What the fuck is the rest of this?" Nice. That was that was planned. That would have been good. I wish that would have worked. It did work. Oh, did it? Yeah, a lot of people bought this album because they thought it was like this Kylie Minogue song. Yeah, and it was not. Oh, that was the per- outlier. That's perfect. The Kylie Minogue one was the single. That was the one that got popular. I didn't know that it actually worked. Yeah, that's perfect. Good job, Nick Cave. You did a good. You got a good <laughs> deed today. You got a gold star. Making people listen to your your murder music makes me happy. <laughs> Tyler, continue with the, what you're saying about the Boatman's Call. Murder music. Murder. <laughs> so, Boatman's Call kind of strays. It's lots of piano, which is pretty... I, I, I think it's pretty interesting because it focuses a lot more on the lyrics. And it focuses more on his voice. And it kind of... Uh, instead of like... For me, like murder ballads, a lot of like the background... And the soundscape really like are suited to the storyline, but in these they're not telling stories quite as much. Like there's not as much narrative, and there's a lot of focus on the uh, like spiritual aspects, which I find really interesting. Because he takes like for instance the opener into my arms, which uh, a clear pull from biblical. You know what I'm saying? Uh, from like the last words of Christ. It's interesting to see like a spin on it to to think to have him put a different idea on these spiritual spiritual things i thought that was kind of fun i always kind of i don't know i like that for some reason and i i like the focus of it all it just felt really good i don't know that one did that one also stood out to me um along with with your funeral my trial a little bit more than the rest of them i think i think and it could be wrong because i have to go off like the intuition of this is how it felt at the time but i actually think my favorite song my favorite nick cave song was idiot prayer idiot prayer Mm-hmm. You got it. 
taken me down, my friend As they usher me off to my end Well, I bid you adieu well, I'll be seeing you soon What they say around here is true Then we'll meet again Good choice. Yeah, I also think that, and that's, I think that, I mean, any song on here could be a good example. You know, there's a slight shift in his vocal delivery on this album, too. Mm -hmm. And it's a little more in the way of crooning as compared to kind of the raspy, you know, um, kind of raw delivery that we've seen in the past. It's a huge shift from Murder Ballads, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, most definitely a huge shift from Murder Ballads, where where you really see some of like that old, like uh, more of the earlier style vocal deliveries. So the song People Ain't No Good, that was in Shrek mm-hmm. 2. <laughs> was it? That was featured in Shrek 2. Oh, my. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why would they want it? I don't know. That's all, all I know all is right. it was in Shrek, so it must be a good song. All right. Shrek maybe maybe it's like done. an ogre thing, like ogres are good, people ain't no good. Oh, like, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, people ain't no good. They weren't to stay ogres. They don't have ladies. Yeah, the song, that song that he was talking about earlier, Into Your Arms, I did like that song as well. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cave performed that song at the funeral of the lead singer, Michael Hutchins, of okay. the group NXS. That he did. Mm-hmm. And he requested the cameras that were recording the service be turned off as he performed. Interesting. He mm-hmm. did. Nick Cave did that thing. Mm-hmm. He so, did do that thing so, with that song. And that is a good song. He also was, I guess, a lot of this, I was reading briefly as well, wikis like Jared and Joyce to do. Yes. Uh, a lot of these songs, it's supposed that they were potentially directed at it, the wife of his first son, <clears throat> or even apparently uh, he had a relationship with PJ Harvey around the time as well. So right. that makes sense in, as well for the fact that, of course, she was on the previous album on Murder Ballads in 96. Mm-hmm. And that there may be some of these songs maybe addressing some of that point in his life as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a reflective way, I guess, uh, that kind of suits me in a sense. Good stuff. Jared, did you say that you really liked No More Shall We Part then? Uh, yes. Uh, he said, Mr. Nick Cave, talking about this album, he was very proud of this album, and he said that the song As I Sat Sadly by Her Side was one of the songs that he was like uh, the most proud to have written. Huh. Hmm. Didn't know that. I did really like that song. That's a really good... It's like very brooding, and it like it it hits a crescendo you know, within the song. I, I liked listening to because I, I mean, it was very difficult. Like I already have stated to like get into this, mm-hmm. but once you get to like the middle of his career, especially like the murder ballads, Boatman's Call, and that album, yeah, um, no more shall we part. Mm-hmm. Those are the three like more somber piano-driven records that are like real. And he actually sang release. So like in the beginning of his career, his voice was very gravelly and just like hard to swallow, if you will. Um, right, and then later he got it, it changed pretty dramatically because I mean he was known for like having his baritone voice, but he's changed his vocal delivery so much throughout his career that but this was like that was the sweet spot for me listening to the music at that point because like I was doing research of like listening or re- reading about the albums and, and how they came to be and stuff and like you know like the murder ballads album where he basically you know was thinking about. Uh, all of the ballads were about murder, you know, and yeah. then uh, Boatman's Call was, uh, you know, piano driven, and and then this album was had a lot of that same kind of aesthetic. Yeah, so, I do. I could definitely see that the middle point would be a sweet spot for sure. Again, those those three albums are considered like his, like many considered to be his best albums. Uh, no more shall we part. I is also well received but I, I it's not as well received but i do think that it follows a good pattern from those other three albums it's a good like, it's a consistency of strongness that he has up to this point i liked uh 15 feet of pure white snow because mm-hmm. i thought that's probably about cocaine ah that makes sense so in terms of the early 2000s there's the album Nocturama, and then Abattoir Blues, The Liar of Orpheus, which is a double album. We did not listen to those albums, which is a shame, but there's only so much time in the world. And so 
we can talk now about the last three albums. I feel as though Jared would probably have liked Dig Lazarus Dig. Am I right or am I wrong? I like the song. I didn't really like the album. I don't okay. like you guessing. You don't it takes like the me fun guessing? away. You don't like me guessing? Yeah. Oh, I also like We oh. Call Upon the Author. That's pretty good, too. I liked that song quite a bit. I mostly just don't like when you're right. So I don't want you to have a chance. Oh, you don't want me to have any chance to be right? <laughs> no. Can no. I have you play a couple things that are... Uh, could we do a little segment called uh, Side Project sure. Table? What was it? What would I say before? Oh, the Side Table. The Side Table. Side this table. is Jared's edition. Of- I got two songs I want to play, and then we'll get into the dig lags and the rest of the stuff, because I really didn't like any of it, so I probably won't talk after this. Whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. So I want you to play Grinder Man, No Pussy Blues. You got it. His The way he delivers the vocals reminds me of something, and I want to see if any of you like can think of it. Okay. I saw a girl in the crowd I ran over, I shouted out I asked her if I could take her out But she said that she didn't want to I changed the sheets on my bed I combed the hairs across my head I sucked in my gut and still she said That she just didn't want to Are you talking about the didn't want to part? Yeah, like kind of that the way he delivers those Anybody uh, have anything? I have a guess, but I don't want to be wrong and then, you know, be wrong because Dax knows that I don't like to be wrong. I like to be right. But I have a guess and I'll let you know if I'm right. Oh, I don't like that. I want you to play what you think it is. I can't hear it, but I want to. Oh, a song? I thought you meant like a, a, a person's like, like the, okay, the so inflection. Grinder Man is Nick Cave's side project of garage rock, basically. Tim and Three Bad Seeds, right? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know much about him. <laughs> That's fair. Dig Lazarus Dig has a very similar sound to Grand Yeah, Man, I thought, so I'm glad yes. that you brought it up when you did. Did anyone watch 20,000 Days on Earth? No. Anyone? So that was pretty interesting, the release of that. Grinder Man or the song? No, 20,000 Days on Earth. Wasn't that the... Isn't that the project that they had a couple of years back? Uh, 2014. Yeah, it was a limited release situation. And... It like coincided with uh, some of the other. Did it coincide with one of the albums as well? I think it may have been alongside the skeleton tree. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. It was linked to release. I remember talking. I was about. I was mentioned that he's going to go see it, and it was like you know, it was a single. And I don't know if it things have changed since then, but I remember at the time of the release, if I recall, it was like, hey we made this movie and it's going to be released, you know, to one night in, you know, limited fashion. And that's it. Hmm. It was released like, at Sundance. Never be able to... Huh? It was released at Sundance. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. You might be. This Maybe was something kind of weird. Like, that. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm right about the thing that I was saying. So yes. now go ahead, play the song. It's all right, ma. I'm only bleeding by Bob Dylan. Darkness at the break of noon Shadows, even the silver spoon The handmade blade, the child's balloon Eclipses both the sun and moon To understand you know too soon There's no sense in trying Oh, yeah Huh Do, do, do Would you look at that? Yeah, it does have a similar delivery I remember this The way that he goes the Where he says like Well, I guess the chorus really But the It's alright, ma, I'm only bleeding Or it's all You know, when he says that um, that the way that he delivers that line is very similar to when the Nick the, the line that Nick Cave says. But I looked it up, <laughs> and it says uh, a, a Reddit somebody on Reddit in 2015 says Bob Dylan versus Nick Cave, and then he put those two songs. And so, the thing I thought, I thought that myself, you guys. I believe I'm, you. I'm proven to be oh, right wow. by Reddit. Wow. So I have one more. Play the song. Uh, release the bats by the birthday party his first group his uh post uh, post punk goth rock group from the uh what year was that like probably set late 70s early 80s something I like believe that. So, yes. yeah
Go on. Does anybody have anything that they think that's boo-boo-boo-boo-boo and stuff? No. Nope. Play the song Longview by Green Day. Oh, man. I played that earlier, and I was like, why are you playing this? He was baiting me. I am the masturbator. It's just that opening drum. That's all you needed. That's yeah. Like, that's all you needed. That's like a really, like... Really subtle. That's like a very um, swingy type drum move. That's, there's a lot of stuff that that's in. But Green Day likes to steal stuff, though. So I, Yeah, they do. Like I, Pokemon. I, I don't, I'm not going to give them a pass this time. If they were any other group, I might have given them a pass. But not when you, I heard Green that Day. drum, I was like... Not you. I wanted to listen to, like, you know, stuff that kind of he's done outside of the bad seeds just to kind of get an idea right and especially like his early work i think i probably would like the birthday party more than the stuff that i listened to just based on the style of music of that time that sure. he did sure but so i wanted to listen to the, that's the most popular song and it only has like six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand listens on spotify so not very many people that like nick cave went back you know so right um but I listened to that song because it was the most, it was the biggest hit from that group at the time, and I guess forever. But I was like, "Hey, I know that, I know that drum, I know that drum." I'm glad, I'm glad you talked about side projects because we definitely should have dug into because there's so there's so much that Nick Cave has done outside. Of I like, I mean, I like just the bad uh, Grinder Man. I mean, that stuff is pretty good. It's yeah, very Grindr different. Good. And then, the, I mean, he's done a lot of other things. He's done, he's written like three movies. Books. He's written two books. Yeah, I mean, he. If we could get into the whole, you know, outside of music, Nick Cave as well, but we don't yeah. really have time for that. So I mean, yeah. yeah, I just didn't do as much research on it. So I know that it exists. I know that he has written books and that he's done scores for movies. Yeah, he's a very talented and very creative man. Is really what it comes down to. Very true. So, anyways, are we ready to move forward? Yeah, I was gonna say, do we have anything else we want to say about Dig Lazar Stick? I like it. It yeah. sounds, it has a very Grinder Man feel. It's very different and very bouncy in comparison to the rest of his other music on the set or any of their other albums, you know. But if nobody else has anything else to say about Dig Lazar Stick, we can move on. Okay, what did everybody? I think Jared, you already said you're done talking. You do not like push the sky away or skeleton tree. Is that correct? I just couldn't get into it. Here's what. Here's I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll I'll admit what happened this week with it. Yeah. So I got through all of those albums. Yeah. And then what I did was on the pl- the playlist that you made the music albums and songs for the podcast. I just hit shuffle, like because I and and I got to because I was almost done with all of the albums and I just was like, okay, let's see what we can do here. So I hit shuffle on it and then I would skip songs that I had heard. And then if I heard a song that I didn't remember or knew I hadn't heard yet, mm-hmm. if I didn't like it, I just skipped. Gotcha. And most of those albums, those two albums, the songs when they came up, I pre- I pretty much just skipped those songs. So you didn't you didn't actually listen to either of the last two albums all the way through? No. Okay. Tyler, what were your thoughts on Push the Sky Away and Skeleton Tree? Oh, man. This is where I have to admit my downfall as well. The same. Did you not listen to them at all? I, mi- I missed those two. Yep, I didn't. Mm. I didn't. But I do have, and this is a long-standing uh, aesthetic uh, feeling I have for Push the Sky Away. I don't know if it really matters or not, but I might as well say it just for the sake of it. The cover of it is, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Will Oldham or Bonnie Prince Billy as he goes by in his long-standing uh, musical career. Aware of him. I've listened to one of his albums. I'm not oh, f- I'm not super familiar with Bonnie Prince Billy. Oh, if we did a week of him, that would be fantastic if we did what I do. Anyway, Put him in the I list. really, really enjoy Bonnie Prince Billy. He's really interesting. And actually, I've been... And so, essentially, Push the Sky Away, the way that the, uh, the title and uh, name of the band is displayed is the exact way in which Bonnie Prince Billy displays the title and name of the band on every one of his albums. Really? Yes. It's got huh. one above the other with a line between them, and it's always like center top area for the most part. So if you look at any of his albums, and sometimes it's smaller, and you know the font is different, of course, but it's displayed in a similar way on every album. Huh. So I found that was interesting, and I did a little bit of uh, Googling regarding Bonnie Prince Billy and Nick Cave. And although there's not necessarily... Um, I wouldn't say that there's there are similar parallels in a sense in terms of like Bonnie Prince Billy 
when Will Oldham writes that music and on his most well-known and uh, acclaimed album, I See a Darkness from 99, I believe, he addresses like a lot of topics, including, you know, death and some and uh, some various other things in more of a light, humorous way or ways that kind of are reminiscent of Nick Cave. And he does with on for the course of a couple of different albums as well. And I've noticed uh, looking at a couple of things that Bonnie Prince Billy was heavily influenced by Nick Cave's first book when he was a young guy. He's from Louisville. Mm -hmm. And during his time in Louisville, attempting to figure out his place musically and all this stuff, he read that book. I guess it had like a lot of, uh, I don't know, it made a lot of sense to him in certain ways. That was the, and the ass soul, the angel is the title of that book. So I don't know. That's all. That's what I've got for it. Apparently they did a duet together at some festival kind of impromptu and it was jared a dylan's new pony oh that that's they a good covered. one yep, yep and did a duet of so that's kind of interesting so i don't know i don't have like i said i didn't get to it and i'm sure i've heard songs i'm not gonna say i haven't heard songs from it uh before but mm. i didn't do it in its entirety this week but i've always every time i've ever seen that album it's always made me think of that and uh it looks like that nick cave was kind of an inf influence on bonnie prince but of course this is you know an, a 2013 album so i don't know if maybe Nick Cave is given a little nod back or not. That'd be interesting for, to find out. That would be interesting. The opening track for Push This Guy Away. We are. We know who no, you are. are. The way that it's written, it <laughs> makes me think of Kesha. Yes! <laughs> Dax literally was just showing me that before you said something. We are one with each other. I, I had pulled it up. I had them side by side. They're like spaced the same way that ours and the we. It's the same thing. Oh, man, that's amazing. Maybe we maybe Kesha cool. was inspired by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Who uh, knows? Kesha's came out first. <gasps> oh my, that's impressive. Maybe Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are inspired by Kesha. Oh man, wouldn't that be a treat? Wouldn't that be a treat? I mean, um, actually, mm -hmm. I can bring this all together. Uh, Kesha ripped off Kylie Minogue. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. It's full circle. Circle of life. So, Dax, it's down to you. Did you listen to Push the Sky Away and Skeleton Tree or not? I tried Skeleton Tree, and I just couldn't get into it either. So neither of the three of you listened to the last two albums all the way through. It peaked early for me, and I couldn't get into the oh, rest. Oh, man. Well, it's a good thing that these are my two favorite Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds oh, albums. Man. The Skeleton Tree. How, how the, lucky are we? The Skeleton Tree, the cover, Radiohead cover. Did you say it looks like a Radiohead cover? Yeah, like a gothic Radiohead. Uh, it looks like the it black. Looks and... like, look up, look up an album by a certain group. Jared's not looking, so I'm glad I'm he's not going to. I mean, you're not looking at my computer. It's the exact same in remembrance of me of Fear of Music by Talking Heads. That's what it reminds me. Oh of. yeah, it does look like that. Mm -hmm. It does look like that. The okay, so I'm going to talk about these albums now. I want to talk about these albums because they're really, really good. And they follow a very different pattern of music from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Com completely, completely shattered like everything else that they had done up to that point. And it, I, I feel like it came from like the film scores that he was involved in. It has a very cinematic sound. There's a lot of ambience. There's a lot of like, it, it's just a lot of instrumentation and it's, it's very electronic in comparison to the other albums. And it's something that fits the bill of what I like quite a bit. My favorite song is off of push the sky away. It is the title track, push the sky away. And then I want to talk, we want, we should talk a little bit about skeleton tree and where like some of this came from skeleton tree. You mean his dead son? Yes. Oh yes. His son died. Yes, and it happened a year before Skeleton Tree was released. So a lot of the music had already been recorded before Skeleton Tree, but you can feel a very you can feel the tone of it when he's making the music. You can feel that when the these songs are being recorded that there's a, a huge weight to this album. But I I understand if people didn't listen or like it, that's fine. I will play Push the Sky Away. And some people say it's just rock and roll oh, But it gets you right down to your soul You've got to just keep on pushing and keep on 
it's just very different. I don't dislike it. It's just a lot of times when I'm listening to music, I'm driving to work, mm-hmm. and it just not did not pump me up for work. Uh, most know? of the time that I've been listening to music lately is sitting in a mental health facility by myself in the dark. Yeah. So everything That's that good. I listen to has to match that tone. That's fair. Yeah. I, I really like that song anyway. Yeah. I have to be really cheery for work and I have to make people smile. So like <laughs> I don't I have to sit alone and I'm like, give me sad music. So I think that his vocal delivery has always matched that kind of sound well. I think that this was a natural place for him to finalize his sound i don't know what comes next for the bad seeds if they have another record i don't know if they stay down the route of push the skyway and skeleton tree which were very similar albums but well hmm? grinder man has a new record coming out oh wait at some point when was that announced dax uh yesterday wow it's hinted Whoa. at it wasn't officially announced but nick cave said uh the two albums from grinder man will soon be a trilogy so we will get a little bit more from Nick Cave in the future. I hope that their music is going to be in the next Shrek. Oh, man, me yeah. too. It better be. Shrek better be just that album. That's the whole soundtrack. <laughs> Nick Cave just. <laughs> oh, man. Nick Cave does Shrek. This Nick time Cave it's not does Shrek. So we've covered all of the albums that we've listened to. I have other questions that I could ask, but for the sake of time and energy and all that, I will ask final thoughts rather than get into these questions i i wanted to know i know i know that i wanted to ask if you guys enjoyed nick cave's voice and i know jared said no occasionally occasionally tyler did you say yes okay yeah i like i like it okay i like nick cave i was i've always i was not super into it okay i uh liked the song i liked the the feeling but i the the voice like the performance threw me out of it mm. a few times mm. some of Did it you really fit. Any of the lyrics i was gonna ask that next <laughs> not a single one yeah lyrics aren't <laughs> real anyway no you don't need to listen to nick cave's lyrics that's like Just the least voice. important part yeah it's nothing but voice the whole time okay so there i was gonna ask that lyrical content very quickly enjoy or did not enjoy like the thematic elements of how the songs are written very much a poetic songwriter. I re- I really enjoy the way that he writes his songs. I didn't know if other people really liked the songwriting. I like some of the songwriting, yes. Okay. Murder Ballads is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let Love In, I liked stuff from that. I mm-hmm. liked, yeah. I liked a lot of the stuff. I liked I liked the, the piano ballads quite a bit. They yeah. were very beautiful. Yes. You wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect the 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 piano ballads to go with something from like their first album either. Like if you listen, to, I'm gonna real quick. I'm gonna play the beginning of Saint Huck just because I really like the beginning of Saint Huck. That's not a piano ballad guy right there. Mm-mm. There's piano in it. There is. There was a piano sound, but not a piano ballad. So. I think those are my two things that I wanted to dig into a little bit more. But again, for the sake of time, what does anybody else want to close on? Any other thoughts? This this was the most difficult week we've had in a while. Uh Uh-huh. For me, I don't know where it's going to stack up in terms of... It's not the worst, I don't think. I was going to ask if the most difficult translates into the worst. Because I think I enjoyed more albums than like... It's it's tough because if you ask me what albums I liked more. I'd probably say I like more Nick Cave albums than I liked Elton John. Yeah. But I probably like more Elton John songs as a whole than mm-hmm. I like Nick Cave songs. That Same thing sense. with like the stones were probably still the most difficult worst week that we've done. Yeah. But I'll probably listen to more stone songs than Nick Cave songs. Right. Which I mean, he's not really somebody Hey, you want to listen to some Nick Cave in the car, kids? He's singing about his kids. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think so. That's exactly how I like it. I I mean, I would listen to some of his stuff, but I I am a a very different listener. So it matches up with something like for me where I would sit around and listen to this, but most people are not just going to like put on a Nick Cave album and just, you know, soak it all in and have a good time. I'd rather listen to a Nick Cage album. (laughs) 
been holding wow. on to that this whole time. I wasn't going to do it. I've been trying well, really hard not to. You found your moment. <laughs> and which Nick Cage album do you prefer? Oh, he, he does have an album, right? Uh, yeah, sure. well, you don't know any of them. Yeah, you don't know anything about Jeez. it. There was that one you thought he was a national Elvis? treasure and he wasn't. If you put on a Nick Cave album, I think you I think you're in for an entire album's worth of having to listen to it. What do you I mean? Don't know that you, I don't know that you can listen to part of it. I don't agree with listening to Nick Cave on shuffle. I'll put it that way. Well, yeah, definitely. I don't know and that you would get almost anything out of listening to it on shuffle. It's too con- they're too contextual in terms of their surroundings. Yeah. And very much the albums coincide within themselves. Right. Like the tracks that you hear on an album belong on the album that they are on. If you listen to a song from Murder Ballads and then follow that up with a song from Dig Lazar's Dig, you're not going to get the same. You're not going. You're going to have a very tonal shift, and it's going to be very hard to stay down that Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds route. Right. So I'm also I'm not convinced that you know we had two weeks to listen to this for the most part, but I don't <laughs> think that that was long enough. Two weeks isn't even long. You know, this is like these. Like I'm gonna have to listen to these albums multiple times. Oh, I agree, I agree. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not easily digestible necessarily. Yeah, some of it is, some of it more than others, and probably by design. But you know, yeah, some of it takes a little bit more time, or at least the the ability to devote time to it in a way that I wasn't able to. For instance, I guess you could say I listened at work a lot, which is, you know, it's not that I'm not listening to things. I just am also doing other things. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not, it's a kind of situation and there are a few artists like this. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, the drones that are similar style, the drones are like that. I have not put on a drones album and been like, I can listen to this while I do other stuff or I can, you know, it's an album I have to sit, I'm like sitting there and listening to, Mm. you know, or at least focusing a decent amount of my attention to it. Well, all right. I don't know what is a good closing track. I really, I could have, I could have done push this guy away as a closing track. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you could do. Why don't you do Red Right Hand? You know what? That's a good idea. Let's do Red Right Hand. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. We've been listening and talking about Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Next week, we're going to be talking about Tool. Tune in. Like us on Facebook. Thanks a lot. Bye. Take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the track. Where the viaduct looms like a bird